Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 15 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. The Rangers coming off of a tough 6-5 shootout loss to the Florida Panthers on Sunday afternoon in the Garden. The loss dropping the Rangers to 7-6-2. Just an absolutely wild game back and forth the entire way, up and down the ice. A lot of odd man rushes, a lot of scoring opportunities, and just a lot of goals. If you like fast-paced, high-scoring hockey, this was the game for you, unfortunately, doesn't quite end with the Rangers getting the two points that they were looking for. But if I'm going to put a positive spin on this game, it's that the Rangers now in their last six games, they've won four, they've lost one in regulation, they've lost one in overtime, but that is nine out of a possible 12 points over that span. And I think overall you have to take that. The Rangers were kind of digging a little bit of a hole early in the regular season. They, they got the two wins to start the year, and then they, they went on a losing streak, and they've kind of climbed out of that hole and put themselves back in contention, even with this overtime loss or shootout loss as it were small sample size but you know overtime not been kind to the Rangers so far this season they lost their first foray into overtime against the Arizona Coyotes during the five minute overtime period and they lose this one in a shootout to the Panthers Panthers improving to eight four and five and we're going to get into the period-by-period period breakdown as we typically do anytime there's a game the previous day but I did want to touch upon the Mark Stahl injury Mark Stahl is out with an ankle injury. He's expected to be out about two weeks, but in fact, he actually needed to have surgery to deal with an infection. And, you know, I thought Stahl, he played pretty well after he came back to the lineup. He was a healthy scratch for the first time in his career, three straight games as a healthy scratch. But obviously, you know, this goes beyond hockey. You hear the word infection, and it doesn't exactly conjure up many positive images. So obviously, we hope that Mark Stahl is okay. Hopefully he can get healthy, he can work his way back to the lineup in due time. And, you know, David Quinn talking about the situation said he was very fortunate to get to the hospital and have it taken care of. And you hear that, and, you know, the, the Rangers, it, it's weird. They're, they're always, I don't know if it's just like to protect player privacy as much as they can, but they are a lot of the times kind of vague with the injuries. Like with, with Zibanejad, they just keep calling it an upper body injury. And here, you know, obviously we know that it's it's an ankle infection, but we don't know exactly you know, what that entails. We do know that it stems from Mark Stahl blocking a shot, but apparently that happened a couple a couple weeks ago in a game. So it sounds like this is one of those things that's just, just kind of lingered and they've had to deal with it. And who knows? I'm just speculating here, but is it possible that the reason Stahl, you know, wasn't exactly playing the best hockey of his career and was a healthy scratch for three games, did this ankle have something to do with that? You know, it's certainly possible because like we said, this stems from a block shot that happened several weeks ago, and so, you, you know, it, it seems like it's one of those things that's obviously just kind of lingered there and possibly affected his play. But either way, obviously, we wish all the best to Mark Stahl. Rest up, get healthy, and hopefully, you know, the kids can kind of hold down the fort until Mark Stahl returns. Because like we were talking about in, a, in the last episode, you know, the Rangers are going to need Mark Stahl. I know they have a lot of young defensemen. They're a young team in general. They like the way the kids are playing on the blue line, but... They're going to need Mark Stahl. They're going to need him as a veteran presence. There aren't too many guys north of 30 on this team. He's one of them. He's a guy who's been there forever, kind of one of the elder statesmen on the team. They will eventually need him, but obviously your health comes first. But like we said, you know, all the best to Mark Stahl, and we'll look forward to getting him back when we get him back. And as for Mika Zibanejad, he is still out, missed another game here. He has not played since the Boston Bruins game on October 27th. He is still day-to-day -day with the upper body injury. We'll continue to keep an eye on it, but there's really... The only update here is really that there is no update. Still considered day-to-day. -day. Rangers are back in action Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7.30, and we'll just have to wait and see if he's out there 
for that game against the Penguins. All right, so let's go period by period, try to make some sense of this madness. Like we said, just, just a wild game here. Game starts, first scoring opportunity belongs to the Panthers. Alexander Barkov takes a shot from the right circle, but Henrik Lundqvist steers it aside. Lundqvist, you know, you see that he gave up, I mean, five goals really, because the shootout doesn't really count as a goal, but, you know, you see that and you probably think like, oh, well, he, he didn't have it tonight. And yeah, you know, he gave up a lot of goals, but again, like, it's one of those games where, and you could say this, you know, for the Panthers as well, I didn't think any soft goals were really let in. This is just a case of, of guys executing and guys creating scoring opportunities. The defense could have been a little bit better, maybe, obviously, you know, a game that, that has, you know, 10 goals and then also the shootout. But but overall, you know, I didn't think Lundqvist was bad in this one. He made a couple of nice saves, including this one. And then the Rangers get the next opportunity. Artemi Panarin takes a shot from the left faceoff circle. Tough save, steered aside, but then seconds later, the Rangers keep the puck in the Panthers' zone, and Panarin passes in deep to Ryan Strom behind the blue line. Strom dishes across the crease to Ryan Lindgren, and Lindgren rips it into the top shelf. one nothing Rangers about five minutes into the game. Ryan Lindgren's first career goal, so a big congratulations to him. He's really played well since being called up from Hartford. I know, you know, Philip Heedle, all the attention's on him because they were caught up at the same time, and Heedle's the one, you know, making things happen and scoring goals, and he's he's the one with, you know, all this offensive upside. But Lindgren's been a rock, man. You know, he was a healthy scratch for one game since being called up, but anytime he's been out there, he's played well. He's played in some key situations with the Rangers protecting a one-goal lead against the Carolina Hurricanes in their last game. Lindgren was in there, and he was a big part of making sure the Hurricanes did not find the equalizer. So loving what I'm seeing from Ryan Lindgren, and he's rewarded here with his first career goal. And then Brendan Lemieux, you know, we talked about this the other night where he blocked a shot and his skate broke, and he basically had to, you know, scramble and crawl his way off the ice to, uh, you know, allow the Rangers to get somebody out there who didn't have a broken skate. But tonight he blocks a shot, and he again has to crawl off the ice. And then during a play stoppage shortly thereafter, a commercial break, you know, Lemieux has to limp off the ice, but he wasn't gone for long. He came back. He's a tough kid. You know, he's going to he's gonna get in the way of shots, and, you know, he's, he's going to get his fair share of bruises this year because, again, the, he, does not, he does not hesitate to throw himself in the way of a, of a screaming slap shot. And then Ryan Strom, you know, he's, he's played great for the Rangers. He's been awesome, but he does take a bad penalty here in the attacking zone. It looked like he was just trying to get the puck away from his opponent behind the Panthers' net, but he ends up tripping up Matheson just shy of midway through the first period. And the Panthers put five shots on net during the ensuing power play, but the Rangers do get out of it unscathed, still up one nothing at that point. Lundqvist made a really nice save through traffic with about 30 seconds remaining there in the man advantage. Truba comes up with a steal late in the power play, shoots it down the ice, nice play there, and the Rangers successfully kill off the Panthers' first power play of the game. So less than two minutes remaining in the first period, and to this point, you know, everything has pretty much gone the Rangers' way. They're, they're being outshot at this point, but I think I would even give them a slight edge in the better of play. I just feel like the puck's been on Florida's side of the ice a little bit more, and the, the Rangers, they're playing well, but that's about to change. These last two or so minutes of the first period did not go their way, and kind of just a bad break here because Evgeny Dadanoff brings the puck into the Rangers' zone. Libra Hayek meets him along the boards, checks him into the boards, Dadanoff, while falling, somehow still gets the puck to Alexander Barkov. Barkov is all alone. He immediately shoots and scores. Just a really quick shot there, and one-to-one -one just like that. Brendan Lemieux is back at this point, and just a, a couple of seconds after this goal, he gets his third block shot of the game. And keep in mind, he got injured blocking his first shot of the game and had to leave the ice for a while, but he's already up to three blocks at this point. And with 117 remaining in the first period... Henrik Lundqvist makes a real nice save on a deflection, but Dryden Hunt passes to Dominic. 
Torninato, and he scores two goals in just 30 seconds, and the Panthers take a 2-1 to lead in the break. And this is kind of the opposite of what happened in the most recent Rangers game against the Hurricanes, because if you remember in that one, the Rangers pretty much were dominated the entire first period, but they score late in that period, and they take a one nothing lead into the breaks. And here, it's it's kind of the opposite. The Rangers were up one nothing, and I think they were having slightly the better of play, certainly not to the degree that the, the, the Hurricanes were outplaying the Rangers in their last game, but the Rangers, nevertheless, had the advantage here, had a little bit of an edge on the Panthers, and that all changes in the blink of, well, the blink of two eyes, I suppose, because the Panthers get two goals late in this period, and just like that, they go into the break up two to one. So the second period begins, and this was just crazy. We had five goals scored in the first eight minutes and 30 seconds of the second period. I was really excited coming into this period, and I was I was intrigued because I really wanted to see, you know, how the Rangers would respond. How would they respond to giving up those two late goals in the first period and kind of letting the first period get away from them? Because as we said, they really, for the most part there in the first 20 minutes, had the better of play, and then just those last two minutes were just kind of a disaster, giving away two goals real quick there, and instead of going up one nothing into the break, you're down 2-1. to one. So I was really interested to see, you know, can you can you bounce back? Because it's gut check time now. Can you shake it off? Can you get back to playing your game? Can you get back in control of this game? And they kind of did that. I mean, they came out strong, but so did the Panthers, and both teams just creating a lot of scoring opportunities. The Rangers, it looks like, are going to go up on the man advantage after the Panthers bump into Henrik Lundqvist. They're going to go—it's Petrano, and he's going to go off for goaltender interference. But we don't need no stinking power play because the Rangers, we've got Philip Heedle to drive to the net. Heedle— Almost dekes his opponent out of his skates. He just goes right around him, straight to the net, strong to the net. He pots the puck, and it's 2-2, two to two, less than two minutes into the second period. So the Rangers really responding well to, you know, the bad conclusion of the first period. And they're back in this game, and it's tied at two just like that. That's four goals in six games for Philip Hedl ever since coming up from Hartford. Buchnevich and Kreider get assists on that play. As we said, you know, that line has, has really worked well together. Hedl, Buchnevich, and Kreider. Buchnevich now with five assists in his last three games, and that brings him to 11 on the season, which leads the Rangers. And, you know, this line can play together from now until the end of time, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure that's not actually going to happen. You know, obviously, you know, coaches are going to mix and match their lines throughout the season. But right now, the way I look at it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep these three guys together. Keep them on the same line and doing their thing and just clicking and setting each other up with good scoring opportunities because so far, it, these three have been great together, and I see no reason to move them apart. They really do create a lot of scoring opportunities, and it seems like they get goals at critical junctures in games. So, yeah, just loving what I'm seeing from this line. Keep them together for the foreseeable future. Cole minutes later, and Ryan Strom takes his second penalty of the day. This time he goes off for hooking, but... Unlike the last one, this is just an awful call by the ref. I mean, Ryan Strom's stick basically, you know, brushed against his opponent. But, man, I mean, if you're going to call this penalty, you can call a penalty every 20 seconds in the NHL. Just absolutely ridiculous. There was barely any contact whatsoever. But Strom, nevertheless, goes off for the hooking. Panthers convert on the power play. They, they use some really nice puck movement and a lot of quick passes. And Barkov slams it home from the slot. Three to two Panthers just a couple minutes after the Rangers tied it. I'm not someone who's going to throw referees under the bus very often. You're not going to hear me do that very much on here. But this was truly just an awful call. I I don't know what he saw. And again, if, if you're going to call a penalty on this, then there's a penalty every 20 seconds in this league. Because basically, Ryan Strom's stick just kind of brushed against the Panther. And oh, hooking, hooking. And he goes off for the penalty. 
and unfortunately, the Panthers able to convert back up on top 3-2. to two. Rangers find the equalizer just about a minute later. Kreider with a big check in the neutral zone. He knocks his opponent off the puck. The Rangers get it. Brady Shea basically skates to the opposite side of the ice through the neutral zone. He's getting near the net. He's he's kind of starting to run out of room, and he just kind of flips the puck toward the net. It bounces off a of Florida defenseman, goes into the twine. Less than a minute after the Panthers take the lead, the Rangers have tied it again, 3-3 three to three early in the second period. And then we get a fight, Greg McKegg versus Tadonato, and they fall to the ice before it really gets going. And what happened here was Greg McKegg put a big hit onto Aaron Ekblad, knocked him into the boards. He kind of hit him from the side, so I don't think it was a dirty hit or anything like that. But nevertheless, Tononato wanting to drop the gloves, and McKeg obliged, and they both go off for fighting. And the Rangers actually get a power play out of this. Tononato gets the instigator, so the Rangers get a two-minute power play stemming from the fight. Rangers come into this game four for their last side on the power play. They've really done a lot better recently on the man advantage, converting opportunities, whereas they had not been converting in the past. Like we were talking about before, I think the power play has looked pretty solid for the Rangers this season, but it just hasn't always clicked. It hasn't always resulted in goals. And recently, you know, the dam is kind of broke, and the Rangers are indeed scoring on the power play, and they indeed score on this power play. Capo Caco kind of passed up the chance to shoot early in the power play. He tried to make the extra pass to Kreider, but he didn't hesitate here. He's in the right circle. He receives a pass from the blue line from Ryan Strom. He kind of moves toward the pass as it's coming toward him. And in doing so, the Panther defenseman is no longer in his way when he receives the pass. And he just turns, rips a wrist shot just inside the far post. His fourth goal of the season. Rangers now on top, 4-3. to three. But the Panthers come right back. Vetrano gets behind the defense. He goes in with the backhand, and he scores top shelf. It's now 4-4 four to four with 11 minutes and change remaining in the second period. Panthers get another opportunity just a couple seconds after that. Trocek gets a chance from the slot. He rips a wrist shot, but Lundqvist gets his glove on it, deflects it wide. Panthers come back in a few seconds later. Connolly puts one off the far post. This Panther team, like, I didn't really realize this, but they're, they're dangerous in tradition because you think about the Florida Panthers— and for me, anyway, I don't really think of them as like this explosive, like kind of fast team, but they've got some speed and they're dangerous on the rush. And they, they showed that in this game quite a few times. You don't really think of them as like the most explosive team in the league, but they look plenty explosive today. When they get possession of the puck, they do not mess around. They storm in full bore and, and they're right on the attack in the blink of an eye. But, you know, the Rangers this time, at least keeping them, keeping the puck out of the net, keeping the game tied at four to four. Late in the second period, the Rangers once again get a chance on the power play, and they convert again. 25 seconds left in the power play. Ryan Strom wins the faceoff back to Artemi Panarin. Panarin slides the puck to Adam Fox, and Fox fires from the blue line. Chris Kreider is positioned in front of the net. He deflects it home for the goal, and the Rangers, just like that, back on top 5-4. to four. They score this goal with just 125 left in the second period. Now six for their last 12 on the power play. And Kreider's starting to get it going a little bit. You know, we talked about how he had some bad luck early in the season, but this now his fourth goal of the year. And hopefully, you know, he just continues to move forward. And something we're going to have to talk about on this podcast at some point. Not today because, you know, this game was crazy and there's so much to break down just in this one game. But Kreider, obviously, free agent to be at the end of the season. So what do the Rangers do? You know, do they just let him walk after this season? I mean, I, I wouldn't want that because I like Kreider. I think he's a good player. And, you know, he's 28 years old. And that really makes him kind of like, you know, a veteran on this team. And he actually has been there for a long time because he debuted at a very young age. But are they just going to let him walk? Are they going to move him at the trade deadline? Or do you try to re-sign him after the season? Or, and this is my personal preference, 
do you try to work something out with him during the season, some kind of a long-term extension? I do think if he hits free agency, you know, he's likely to, you know, get some offers tossed at him. But he's a player who, very good player, but he he has kind of plateaued over the years a little bit. I don't know that he's really going to get much better than he is now. And what he is now is a very good all-around player, take nothing away from Kreider. But what I would like to see the Rangers do is try to work out some kind of a long-term extension during the season. That way they they don't have to trade him. They don't have to worry about him getting to free agency. And, you know, if he hits free agency, there's no guarantee that the Rangers will get anything from him, for him because then he can just sign with any team. So I'd like to see them work out something. You know, we'll, we'll see if, if Kreider's in the mood to, uh you know, give a little bit of a hometown discount. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Like I said, we'll break that down in greater detail in a later episode. I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but very intriguing situation with Kreider. You do need some veterans on the team, and, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around. So, yeah, like I said, you know, we'll break that. We'll break that down in a future episode. But bottom line, Rangers here going into the break, 5-4 to four lead after Chris Kreider puts them back on top late in the second period. Guys, just wanted to let you know that this Locked On podcast is sponsored by Blue Chew. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed by visiting bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So we move to the third period, and the Rangers actually get a power play to start this period because as the second period ended, Brian Boyle was assessed an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty as the teams were headed to the locker room. He was barking at the ref for quite some time. He did he did not like the fact it was a non-call when the Rangers score on the power play. Uh, he felt like he was tripped off the face-off. The, face, the puck was dropped, and as he was moving toward, I believe it was Panarin who briefly had the puck there. He was tripped up, nothing called. He, he was furious about that, and he, he really gave the ref an earful, and it continued as the Panthers were heading to the locker room, and, and he pays for it now with a penalty. Unfortunately, the Rangers do not score on this power play and still up just 5-4 to four at that point. And Boyle was just getting started because a little bit later in the third period here, he absolutely clobbers Ryan Lindgren behind the net. Clean hit all the way, you know, nothing, nothing dirty about it, but Lindgren was just kind of looking down at the ice, and he paid for it. Adam Fox challenged Boyle to a fight, but Boyle passes, and Lindgren returned to the bench. He went off for a little while, but he returned to the bench a little bit later in the third period. Glad to see that he was all right. And early in this third period, it almost felt like we were all watching a different game, right? Because all of a sudden, you know, you're getting, like, block shots and all these hits and it just physical play and everything is tightly contested. Much better defense both ways for both teams. And then this was probably the key sequence of the game. Adam Fox kind of just breaks through the defense. He split a couple of defensemen. Filipito with a great lead pass to Fox, but a nice save by Montembal. And then the play goes the other way. Keith Yandel takes a shot from the point. Our old friend Keith Yandel and our old friend Brian Boyle, and unfortunately they team up to, to victimize their old team here, the Rangers. Keith Yandel shoots from the point. Brian Boyle redirects it home, and the game is tied at 5 with 12.59 remaining as the two former Rangers join forces to get the equalizer here. About nine minutes remaining. We're still tied at five here, 
Buchnevich and Kreider team up for, you know, a great scoring opportunity here. They enter the zone together. Buchnevich has the puck. Kreider goes to the net. Buchnevich kind of skates to his left, kind of, you know, parallel to the net almost. And he plays the puck softly ahead to Kreider. Kreider tries to deflect it home. Montabal sticks out his right leg, gets a piece of it, barely keeps the puck out of the net. He, it looked like he almost got it with his skate. But regardless, he keeps the puck out. The game is still tied. And then just about a minute or so later, Fast, Panarin, and Strom creating a couple of scoring chances. Foss gets two golden opportunities from the doorstep, but the Panthers somehow keep the puck out of the net. I heard a post at some point here on the second scoring opportunity. I'm not sure if the puck hit it or someone's stick might have just hit it, you know, whacking away at the puck and, you know, in the Panthers' case, trying to get the puck out of harm's way. But yeah, either way, Rangers getting, you know, two or three great chances here, narrowly missing out on, on taking the lead once again. And then kind of a weird play here, and it leads to a Panthers power play with about 6.58 remaining. Brendan Smith is going in on the rush, and the Panther, Brown, he he lifts Smith's stick, and in doing so, Brown knocks Smith's stick into his own face, and as a result, Brendan Smith goes off for high sticking. Now, I know the rule is, you know, whether there's intent or not, you are responsible for your stick, and if you're, you know, if you hit somebody in the face with your stick, you're going to go off. It's at least going to be a two-minute penalty, but... This one seems like it could be a rare exception to that rule if called correctly, because if your opponent lifts your stick into his own face, what are you supposed to do about that? It's just a very strange play, and I'm not I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what the rule is here. I do know, as I said, like you are responsible for your own stick, but does that still apply when somebody lifts your stick into his own face? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I'm not really sure. And I'm sure all the refs really saw here was the stick, you know, catching Brown in the face. So he called the penalty. It is what it is. I don't know. I, if anybody if anybody knows that rule, tweet tweet me, get, shoot me an email, whatever. I would love to know. I Just a bizarre play. It's something that you don't see every day. I don't know if I've ever seen it, honestly. And, you know, the penalty was called. But the Ranger penalty kill comes up big again. Ryan Strom comes up with a steal just inside the Ranger blue line. Flips the puck down the ice for a great clear, a great penalty kill, and the Rangers special teams continuing to play well as of late, coming up big these last few games, and the penalty kill coming up clutch here. And speaking of coming up clutch, Henrik Lundqvist made a great save on Alexander Barkov to keep the game tied with about 3.30 remaining. The teams are skating at even strength at this point. Couple of scoring opportunities back and forth near the end here, but nothing nothing that like seemed like it was destined for the back of the net, and we go into overtime, tied at 5-5. Really an appropriate way to decide this game because, as we said, it's just been crazy back and forth the entire way and just an extremely competitive game. Neither team is led by more than one goal at any point. And now we're going to go to overtime to try to figure this one out. So the Rangers are going to overtime for just the second time this season. They lost to the Coyotes back on October 22nd. They lost that one in the actual five-minute overtime period, just about a minute into it. And the Panthers, they're no strangers to overtime this year. They enter at 2-5 and five overall in the overtime period. That includes both, you know, overtime and shootouts. So 3-on-3, three three, the Rangers start with Howden, D'Angelo, Panarin. Howden is basically out there just to win the faceoff because he's probably the Rangers' best faceoff man. Unfortunately, the Panthers win the faceoff. And then just back and forth, just a dizzying pace of hockey here. Just absolutely crazy both ways. Both teams getting chances. The Rangers eventually get control of the puck. And Brett Howden goes off for Ryan Strom, but the Panthers get a two-on-one, and Adam Fox makes an outstanding play to deflect the pass. It immediately goes back the other way, and Panarin passes to Fox, back to Panarin. 
They tried to execute a give-and-go, and I mean, this thing was a goal waiting to happen, but unfortunately, the puck really took a crazy bounce on Panarin, and he didn't quite whiff on it, but he only got like the, just the tiniest piece of it, could not quite put it home. It immediately goes back the other way, a 2-1-1 for the Panthers, and an outstanding kick save by Henrik Lundqvist keeps the game going. Eventually, it settles down for just a second, and Heedle just kind of holds onto the puck and, and kind of backtracks into the Rangers' zone, allows the Rangers to get a change because at this point, Artemi Panarin's been on the ice for almost two minutes and 30 seconds. Just absolute chaos here in the overtime period. And I apologize if I missed anything. There were a lot of scoring chances here. At some point, though, you just have to become a fan. I'm trying to take notes on everything that's happening, and, you know, the Rangers are coming just a couple inches away from winning the game. Same thing with the Panthers, and sooner or later, you kind of just, as a fan of hockey and as a fan of the Rangers, you just kind of get pulled into this. But anyway, Barkov steals the puck from Kreider right in front of the Ranger net with about 30 seconds remaining, but Lundqvist makes a save, and Panarin gets a chance in the closing seconds of overtime. He rips a shot from the left face-off circle, but Montebo makes the save with 5.2 seconds left and does not route does not allow a rebound, and this is the first play stoppage of overtime. It was four minutes and 55 seconds of just utter insanity here, and this is the first play stoppage. Everybody finally gets a breather, which is five seconds left, but the Rangers do win the ensuing faceoff, and Truba gets a shot on net, but Montebo makes the save. We go to a shootout. Panarin goes first. He enters at 13 of 20 in his career, and you know you hear that, and it's not really much of a surprise. The guy's just, you know, he, he's just an incredibly skilled player. On this one, he really slows down and kind of dances with the puck across the crease. Montebo falls on his stomach trying to, you know, I guess lunge toward the puck. And as Panarin's about to finally shoot, Montebo lifts his leg and makes a great stop. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap. This one looked like it was destined for the twine, but Montebo somehow, you know, like I said, just, just lifts his leg, knocks the puck away, and the Rangers 0-1 on the shootout. Frank Vetrano comes in 0 for 4 in his career on the shootout, but he goes in fast, beats Henrik Lundqvist, so the Panthers have now scored in the first round of the shootout. They lead the shootout 1 to nothing. Tony D'Angelo's turn. He comes in 3 for 5 in his career. He goes in slow, and he snaps a quick shot, but it goes right off the far post, just squarely against the post, just a killer. That would have been huge, obviously, if the Rangers would have scored there. Just didn't quite catch the break. And then Alex Barkov has a chance to win it. He's 22 for 48 in his career, but Henrik Lundqvist stays with him all the way, makes a stop, keeps the Rangers alive. And now it's Capo Caco, obviously his first ever shootout opportunity. Hey, no pressure, kid. Just make this shot to keep us alive here. But he goes in hard. He pulls the puck to his backhand and deposits the shot into the twine. Goalie had absolutely no chance whatsoever. Just a beautiful goal by Kako. And just judging by this one opportunity here, I get the feeling we have not seen the last of Kapo Kako on the sh in the shootout. I'm sure he's he's flashed in practices. You know, you know, teams obviously practice you know shootouts from from time to time, and I'm sure Kako has looked good here, and that's probably what gave Quinn the confidence to put him into this game in this situation. And Kako, like we said, keeps the Rangers alive with a beautiful goal. Unfortunately, Vincent Trocek, he comes in 12 of 36 in his career. He skates wide to his left, comes back and goes far side, puts his shot just inside the far post. And just like that, the Panthers defeat the Rangers 6-5. to Tough loss here. Wasn't perfect today. Obviously, the Rangers giving up too many scoring opportunities and too many goals. But this was an exciting game. And, you know, hockey purists might look at this and say, ah, you know, well, where's the defense? You know, do any of these teams play like feel like playing defense anymore? But most of these goals weren't really, in my opinion, weren't really the case of, you know, defensive meltdowns or shoddy goaltender play or anything like that. They were just well-executed goals. 
some great passing. The cumulative talent in this league is higher than I think it's ever been right now as far as what guys can do with the puck and how many different scoring threats there are out there, skating ability, however you want to look at it. It's no wonder why, you know, scoring is up in this league through the last few seasons. And sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy it. You know, I I know, obviously, we'd like to see the Rangers play a little bit better defensively, but but sometimes you just find yourself in a game that has a lot of offensive fireworks and a lot of scoring opportunities, and you just got to roll with the punches. And the Rangers did that for the most part. You know, just came up a little a little short in the shootout, and the shootout's a little bit of a coin toss anyway. So, you know, take the one point and move on. The Rangers have a big, big game coming up at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Garden at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday. Like we said, that's going to be a big one. Big division matchup, great rivalry game, and we'll look forward to seeing what the Rangers can do against the Penguins. So that'll pretty much wrap things up here. We're going to be back tomorrow to preview the game against the Penguins. And if you guys want to get in touch, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or send us a tweet at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Like I said, we'll be back here with a brand new episode tomorrow. Going to talk about the Penguins game coming up. And again, thanks for joining. I'll see you next time.